0: And welcome to Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast. I'm Osped David Medzorian of Aradat Lodge number one here in Boston. Thank you for joining me for our 13th episode. An episode, by the way, which was not the podcast that was originally scheduled to run at this time. We've all had to make some changes in the past few weeks. For all of us, because of the COVID-19 virus, there has become a new normal. With regard to our seeing or not seeing family and friends, the term social distancing now a familiar phrase in our vocabulary. Tasks and activities that most of us took for granted are now, at least for the foreseeable future, not happening or not allowed. For those of us in the Knights and Daughters of Vartan, that means no meetings, at least during the month of April. Most cities have canceled public events, commemorating the Armenian Genocide, and all other cultural and entertainment events have been canceled. Most of us who are not healthcare workers, police, firefighters, and other essential personnel are working from home. When I'm not producing this podcast, I'm a videographer, photographer, and voiceover artist, and all I can say is, thank goodness my production studio is in my home, but it's been a few weeks since I've been on location, and when that's going to change, that's anybody's guess right now. So today we're going to first check in with some of our fellow knights and daughters from around the country and see how they and their lodges in Otyags are dealing with these changes in all our lives. We'll learn about the challenges of publishing a weekly Armenian newspaper in the midst of this global health crisis, and we'll also go directly to Yerevan to talk to our knights and daughters liaison there about how Armenians in the homeland are coping. But we're going to begin our journey right here in Boston. Dr. Kanadi Garkun is Dirwi of Arpiyotiag No. 9. She's also a pathologist on staff at Tufts Medical Center in Boston. And along with her husband, Aram, whom we'll talk to later, the parent of two boys. I asked her what it's been like as a physician these past few weeks, what the challenges have been, and what we should all be doing to protect ourselves and our families during this medical crisis.
1: So
2: on the first um, side it's maybe not too many changes happen the traffic is a little bit lighter to get to work and that work not too many people because we cancelled the visitors policy there's no visitors but the old physician colleagues uh, and nurses and all our technical staff is in a hospital but this affects uh, my- actually a lot of people and a lot of things happening behind this because not having for example a visitor's policy that mean anyone patient who is a patient in a hospital they cannot have visitors so that does mean their loved ones cannot come and see them and that could be devastating and people sometimes could be their last days in a hospital and they want to see their loved one but so that's like a one terrible thing just right there Secondly, uh, while it's all calm and everyone is at work and doing work still going, uh, outpatient clinics are closed. So, um, and that's why also it's quieter. Uh, And in the same time, uh, a lot of renovation going on. So, um, they're trying to make room for new beds and making rooms with the negative pressure. So, hospital um, administration and a lot of doctors were working day and night and we're getting prepared for this pandemic. So Boston was not heat very much so far, but we're expecting a lot of cases. We have only a dozen patients positive right now, but we, this weekend we're expecting much more. From last week in Massachusetts, we had a six-fold um, increase of COVID positive right. people. So we'll be expecting more patients coming in.
0: Do you currently have, you and your colleagues, um, enough of the protective gear that you need to be able to do your jobs effectively?
2: So as every single hospital in America, we do have that concern. We were told we have enough, but now we're realizing that we don't. Uh, So we were delayed even giving the masks to all employees in the hospital we have a lot of employees because we are a community that's positive. So that means one employee can give it to another one. So you need really just the mask for everyone. Doesn't matter who they are, if they see a patient or not. And um, like all hospitals now do that, and that also takes a toll. Not to say that um, to take care of the patient that it's known COVID uh, and do the procedure, you fully protect yourself. You need a lot of um, personal protective equipment It's called PPE right. uh, and one of the important ones includes N95 mask which is um, very hard to get nowadays Indeed. and all hospitals run running glow. You need a face shield uh, you need a gown and uh, every time you go see one of those patients at the procedure there's multiple people go in. So in one minute or five minutes, if you have multiple patients, you can use hundreds of those.
0: Right. So and that's one of the problems at hospitals across the country is that they just don't have enough of those. And and I know you've heard this as much as I have, where health officials are using either the same mask for multiple patients or an entire day. Or you know, and did you see the photograph, by the way, that was on the cover of the New York newspaper? That was yes, on?
2: with the garbage bags. I saw nurses. I, I couldn't uh, believe that. Protecting themselves with the garbage bags. Well, if you run out of um, protective equipment, uh, personal protective equipment, you need to protect yourself, and it Of course. It, it works. It's 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 very sad. I'm uh, New York is in very bad situation, and hopefully we won't be hit that bad. But we are expecting already this weekend um, larger inpatient numbers than we had before.
0: So what happens after your shift when you finally get home?
2: Uh, So when uh, it goes to the home, um, it is also disruptive at home, even though it's quiet and everyone at home and we're still having the dinner together. Uh, it, it, everyone is in um, their room everyone trying to still keep a distance. even way at home because me, I'm afraid to bring something home and infect of course. my husband and my kids and uh, we try to even at home when I come to practice social distancing uh, I, as a mother and a physician I worry that my kids miss their appointment for their vaccination so we'll be in this situation for many months so many kids going to miss their vaccination this is going to be very big toll that we're going to be pay for this staying home it's not just them not getting educated it's all the businesses closed and uh, everything else is closed it's going to be much bigger toll that we're not realizing you can if you realize you can't even go to a dentist you can't make another regular appointment with no, doctors everything is closed all clinics outpatient clinics are closed So it's a big toll that we're going to pay, but still with that, I would say stay home.
0: What advice can you give to our fellow Knights and Daughters about uh, how best to take care of themselves, take care of their families, preventative measures that they should be taking?
2: The most important thing, do not go out and visit your um, uh, visit your or limit your visits outside of your house, stay home. But if you have to go to get a groceries or you have to go do some essential business, when you're coming home, it's really important to wash your hands with soap and water. Soap and water uh, will also disinfect um, your surfaces if you can wash them. Let's say you bought a... Uh, Spinach in a plastic bag or um, something that was in a plastic bag that you can wash it. So, soap and water will really disinfect and clean that. So, to, uh, what I do when I come home from work, I leave my shoes outside in a garage. If I have to come in, I have a little towel that I um have a bleach solution, and I clean my uh, shoes with that before coming in also so also, if you don't have that, I know like it's hard to get a bleach right now in a store. You can use soapy water mm-hmm. and clean your shoes or leave it outside in a garage. As soon as I walked in, I take everything what I was wearing and put in a laundry machine, and it gets just the, with the with the soap and it's all clean. Just wash your clothes when you come from outside. Everything, soap and water, it's the best. It's gonna kill the virus.
0: My thanks to Dr. Konadi Gadkun of Number Nine for her time and for her candor. She and her colleagues in the medical field, not just here, but around the world, are doing everything they can to save the lives of those with the COVID-19 virus and risking their own lives to do so. Diriwi Arkun did say that despite the cancellation of face-to-face meetings of the daughters of Vartan here in Boston, that she and her Horut are still in constant communication and are keeping the otiag up to date on developments. Of course, the COVID-19 virus has affected us all in terms of how we're living our lives for the next few months and the Knights and Daughters of Vartan is no exception. California is home to no less than seven lodges and otiags, and among their members are our Avak Spadabed, Steve Adams and our Avak Dirwi, Alice Kalustyan. Another distinguished member from the Sunshine State is Sonia Sirpekian. She has been matron or Dirwi of Talar, Otiag Number 31 past national secretary on the Avakhorut, and currently the Grand District Representative of the Southwest Region. GDR, Sonia, describe the atmosphere there on the West Coast. You've been talking to Knights and Daughters from across the state. What are they telling you?
3: Well, we're all doing the best we can. People are scared. You know, our population is an older group and, you know, they don't want to go outside and they don't want to go shopping. But they really do want to do those things. So it's, it's a big change for everyone to be at home, but um, we're all doing the best we can.
0: Well, of course, California is the home to the most populous Armenian community in the United States. I know that your meetings are, are canceled, at least for the month of April, as is everybody else's. What are you all doing? Um, and, and also, if you need to uh, emphasize your own particular Otyag, what is it that you're all doing to try to, uh, to stay productive and, and stay in touch?
3: Well, thankfully, not only are we sisters, we're friends. And so we have communication outside of our regular meetings all the time. So we just text with each other. We have a a bunch of group texts and we send jokes to each other and, you know, just try to lighten the mood. Um, We are also doing, uh, exploring the idea of doing Zoom meetings, which I think is actually going to happen. I've just signed up with Zoom and that's a new thing for us. You know, a lot of our members are not, you know, as computer savvy as the younger generation. And we're going to have to to teach everyone how to do that. But we definitely are keeping in touch as much as we can with phone calls and just supporting each other and offering to do shopping and um, advice. And, you know, we're lucky that we have each other.
0: A number of Knights and Daughters from the San Diego area belong to the single church in that area, which is St. John Godabed Armenian Church, a beautiful church which I had the chance to visit last fall, and which now, as a building, no longer exists. You're currently between churches, and what I want to ask you is, first of all, how are you all coping with that? Has the current coronavirus situation impeded the efforts to build the new church, and what are you doing in the interim?
3: Yes. It's a very strange situation right now in San Diego with our church, because as you said, we've sold our property and we are building a new church right now. Thankfully with this coronavirus, it's not affecting the construction. I'm sure they're figuring out how to do social distancing or that's what they're doing. And the biggest delay right now has been the rain. So just like everywhere else, you know, it's our winter season and we have rain. What we are doing differently and we're actually getting modernized, maybe something we should have been doing already is we have started live streaming our services on Sunday mornings and the way they're doing it is the priest is there, the deacon, a choir master and an assistant. And so it's just a few people in a room. They're actually standing six feet apart as per the instructions and it's very interesting. And um, it's actually giving people who are unable to attend church a way to participate. And I think it's wonderful.
0: Where is it that you are having the services now in the interim?
3: We're very blessed to have a very large Greek community close to where our new property is. And they built a chapel when they were first starting. And now they have a huge cathedral, on the same property so we are renting the chapel on their property which is wonderful and after services before all this coronavirus stuff happened after services we would join them for their fellowship hour which was wonderful
0: so that's really terrific though of course armenians and greeks are cousins anyway so you know when one person absolutely yeah when one person needs help the other one is always there I hesitate to ask you the next question, and that is that, I, you know, it's, it's now by our calendar, the very end of March. People will be hearing this the first week of April, and we are supposed to be uh, three months away from a grand convocation. Is it at the present time up in the air as to whether this is we will have a convocation in Glendale this summer, or is it just right now too soon to tell?
3: Unfortunately, I think it really is up in the air. There will be some decisions that need to be made very soon. You know, the original restrictions were deadline has extended. Mm -hmm. Now, we just found that out until the end of April. So is that going to leave enough time for everyone to finish the planning to come? I don't know. We will know very shortly.
0: Well, whatever the decision will be, I'm sure it'll be made, you know, very logically and methodically, and, and certainly in the best interests of everybody, uh, health wise as well as uh, socially. Absolutely. So, yeah, there's a lot to The do most there.
3: important thing is for the safety of our members. We are all brothers and sisters. We love each other. We would never want to do anything to put anyone in harm's way. So, even though our hearts are in it, we need to put our minds and our logic in it and make sure that it's safe for everybody.
0: Whatever decision is made, Uh, It'll be made prudently. It'll be made logically and methodically and and certainly with the welfare of everybody who would be attending uh, first and foremost. So I guess the thing to do right now, uh, would you not agree, is just uh, hang on and you'll let us know. Absolutely. We'll let you know as soon as we know anything. You've been somebody who's been very active in the Daughters of Vartan for a long time. You've helped to plan very successful convocations and you've attended many others and so I think it would be fair to say that you're very well embedded in uh, the workings of the organization. Somebody said to me the other day here in Boston, this is, it doesn't matter if we can't get together, if we can't see each other face to face, the strength of the Knights and Daughters uh, will continue. And did you read the, that wonderful letter that uh, Avak Didiwi Alice Kaloustian wrote uh, about, ooh, I'd say, a week and a half to two weeks ago? Um, which was very, very eloquent. I'll quote a little bit of it at the end of the program, but uh, I think you'll agree, though, uh, Sonia. This, this is, this isn't going to get the best of anyone, and 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 we'll all get through it. Especially those of you there in California who are so close, both uh, socially and uh, spiritually and emotionally. Absolutely, we'll get through this together,
3: and we'll still be there um to support each other all the time.
0: Anything you want to say to your fellow daughters across the country who are listening? I miss you all
3: and I hope you're all safe and I look forward to the next time we see each other whether it's this
0: July or another time to be determined. My thanks to Nakin Didoui, Nakhine Avak Tibri, and Grand District Representative Sonia Serpekian for her observations and impressions as California's Knights and Daughters of Vartan deal with the COVID 19 crisis. From the west coast of the United States, we're going to travel over 7,000 miles directly to Yerevan, Armenia, where I'm joined by Kohar Palyan, our Knights and Daughters of Vartan Communications Liaison. Kohar, I know that Armenia is currently under a state of emergency, as are so many other countries. What are you seeing when you're out and about, and what are some of the most noticeable changes that all of you there in Armenia are dealing with?
4: Actually, there are still some people outside, not as many as before. requirement is that it's better if they stay at home. If they uh, leave their homes, then they have to fill out a form which includes information like uh, their name, last name, uh, where are they living from, like the house address, where are they going. It could be the job or it could be the work or it could be, um, let's say, grocery store. or So the aim of uh, why they are living and what time they are going to be back. And they have to present the ID or passport. So anytime uh, in the streets, if the police is stopping, people have to show it. Most of the places are closed, only uh, emergency uh, places like the grocery stores, pharmacies, supermarkets are open. And many um, institutions are closed, just like the schools and universities, although they are trying to carry on the classes online uh, as much as possible. However, everybody is encouraged to stay indoors. So, yes, there are some people outside with or without um, masks. But they are trying to keep people at home as much as possible. And yes, also banks are open too. And they are taking it uh, pretty good as uh, every employee has gloves and masks, and sanitizers says there are everywhere, both for the customers and for the employees.
0: What about the grocery stores? Have you had a chance to uh, be in one in the last few days? Uh, are the sto- are the sh- shelves themselves stocked with goods, or are there any particular shortages?
4: No shortages. Actually, everything is okay. Um, They have plenty of supplies. Last time, grocery stores, I think I went a week before. Today, I I went to a bank and then small shopping, very small, but not to the store. However, many grocery stores and supermarkets are providing online services, which means uh, even if they haven't done this before, they started just now. So you can go online, you can order, uh, either fill out the form online, whatever you want to buy, or just make phone call and request what would you like. Then they will deliver you to your door with uh, gloves and masks, and people can pay the cash, card, or online. So that is going okay. And I see no shortages so far. And everybody says everything is okay, they have plenty. So far, so good.
0: Now, where is it you're working out of these days? Are you at your home, or have you been to the Knights of Vartan office uh, in Yerevan in the last week or so?
4: I went there last week, um, but I try to work from home these days because it's safer, and most often I need a computer, internet, and phone connection for my duties. But today I went to bank for the work as well because... Uh, One of the projects we carry is that Annie Lodge is supporting a young family of five little children to pay for their rent because they have no home and very little job. And um, recently she was out of job. Well, it is temporary. We don't know how long because she was working as a waitress in one of the um, restaurants and they are not working anymore for now, for these days. So she has no job, no income. And this rent means a lot for this family. So today I received it and picked it up from the bank and delivered it to her. And she was very happy. And I think our help in these cases is very important, standing by our people.
0: I'm sure it is. And I'm sure they were very grateful to get that. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit about what you're seeing on in the, the media over there. I mean, you cannot turn a television station or radio station here in the United States, for that matter, without the uh, coronavirus being the lead story and usually the only story. What kind of coverage is it getting in Armenia?
4: We have CNN, we have BBC, uh, BBC and of course we get all those coverages, but I'm trying to stay away most of this. I mean, we get uh, nonsense information as well. It's a lot on Facebook. Personally, I'm trying to stay away from those things. And however, if anybody would like to follow what is is happening in Armenia, then Azatutun TV and uh, CivilNet will be um, good sources to follow.
0: I'll ask you to say those two sources one more time. Would you please?
4: Azatutun TV, uh, they if I translate it, will be free TV, but it's called Azatutun TV. Probably it will be better to search like that, Azatutun TV and um, Civilnet.
0: And are they streaming their coverage so that people can watch it over on the internet?
4: Yes, but um, at least Civil, uh, Azatutun is doing it in Armenian. Okay. And uh, Civilnet definitely does in English too.
0: What has it been like to just be there? And, and go through this. And, and when you talk to your family or your friends, I mean, is everybody still pretty optimistic? Is it, are there still, you know, are people still smiling and laughing and, and enjoying themselves there, even though we're all so far apart geographically?
4: We are all in one in this case because it affects the entire country. I'm sorry, entire world. It's not just one country or mm-hmm. one region, but it's the entire world. And it's Interconnected. It's not that it will be solved in one place and not in other places. At some point, it seems scary. It sounds scary. On the other hand, we try to be optimistic. And there are so many people who don't pay really serious attention to this. It might be also they don't read and follow the news that much. And some who are um, very pessimistic, that I think has to do with personality as well. Um, We have that here too. In any case, it is scary. So we try to keep up our spirit by listening to music, watching art shows or um, dancing just at home. Of course, communication with the family is through distance, phone calls, Skypes every day. We find few minutes to talk to each other and especially the kids these days study from home we figured out a couple of funny things is that before we were trying to keep children away from technology and internet. Now we have to force them to get back to this. And all of a sudden I found out that all my nieces and nephews that go to school have Viber, something that they did not have before. And uh, since I'm working from home, I'm trying to help them as well. Like doing, um, because with flexible hours, we can Uh, Skype and do Viber chats and help each other. And also it's fun to be with kids.
0: That's true. And
4: of course we take all the precautions, like whatever we buy, bring home, washing hands, washing all those things.
0: You you made a very good point a moment ago when you talked about uh, the fact that, you know, children are now using technology, not just because it's there that they need to in order to take their classes. My son who just turned 23 uh, yesterday, is doing the same thing. He's in his last year of grad, graduate school, and his whole last semester is online. But uh, just think about it. Ten years ago or 20 years ago, when this technology was not there, how much more difficult this all would have been for, for everybody. What is it that you would like people to know, our, our knights and daughters here in the United States, about uh, the situation in Armenia
4: I think now more than ever, we should be united. It's, um, it's interesting that during difficult times, especially Armenians get united, for example, in April war in 2016, we call it April war because it happened in April, the four day war. Of course, we have so many Armenians all over the world, including Russia. But during those days, Armenians start to come back to Armenia, flying or taking their cars and being united going to borders. So I think right now we kind of need to be united as well, stand next to each other. Just like one example, helping that one family to have rent for their house. Both I and Nona, lady we are helping, were in our mosques that we met today and just passed the envelope with cash so she can pay her rent. But I know that, me- and we couldn't see each other, like when you have the must, you can't see the smile or uh, emotions. Of course, That much, except only the eyes. But even with that short period, and of course, we try to be as distance as possible, but even during that short period, I could feel how grateful she is. So that is something how we need to be together at this point, right now. But at the same time, we have so many projects going. And some of those are paused because of the construction of renovation, but we do have many projects. And even today, I made a couple of phone calls, including all the way to Artsakh to find out an information and then convey this to the USA, to our lodge, because they would like to help and sometimes to think, okay, what is next? What is happening next? But life is going on. Hopefully, God willing, we will be able to continue to do our share and our projects to continue those, including the KV 106 school. That right before this, we find out that another renovation is going to happen and the school principal in the entire school is so happy. Like 28,900 investment again for this school, for the improvement of auditorium and uh, replacing the remaining walls, window, um, windows, doors and electric wires. This will be changed. And supporting the uh, school in Arsa, vocational school,
0: with gymnasium. We've seen many of these photographs that you've been posting on the uh, Knights and Daughters of Arts on Facebook page and also in the Avarite over the last uh, few months. And so there's still quite a bit going on there. And uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. This will eventually come to an end and life will return to normal. But it's it's very encouraging and inspiring to know that even in spite of what is happening right now, uh, work is continuing uh, although perhaps not at the same pace but it is still continuing and uh, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan are still making a difference uh, both here and in the homeland
4: and I would like to extend my um, gratitude and thanks to each one of Knights and Daughters of Vartan who have been communicating, supporting and thinking of the homeland and continuing the mission The mission. thank you so much
0: I want to thank Kohar Palyan, our communications liaison in Armenia, for sharing her observations and thoughts as Armenia joins the rest of the world in dealing with and adapting to the COVID-19 crisis. We hope that she and all of our brothers and sisters in Armenia stay safe and healthy and that they know that they're in our thoughts and prayers. Kohar mentioned some broadcast sources in Armenia for those of you who would like to keep up on what is happening there, and I will post links to them on our Talking Vartan Facebook page, they are Azazutun AM or Azazutun.am, CivilNet.am, and EVNReport.com. Kohar brought up an excellent point during our conversation, which I would like to echo. I've been a news person both as an anchor and reporter, as well as a photographer and producer for my entire adult life. And the last place you should be looking for information on the COVID 19 virus and the restrictions that are now placed upon us all is social media. There is so much false information and so many rumors out there, and it's very easy to read something on Facebook or some other platform and think that it's the real deal. Please look at resources like the Center for Disease Control, the World Health Organization, usa.gov coronavirus, and your own state or Commonwealth's official website, which will have all the information on both the virus itself as well as what you need to know about restrictions and other information where you live. For the latest Knights and Daughters of Vartan information, keep an eye, as always, on our Facebook page and website at kofv.org. Both are always kept up to date by our communications liaison, Koharpalyan. Earlier, we spoke with Dr. Kanadi Garkun from Boston, who focused on the current crisis both as a physician and as a mother, Her husband, Asbed Aram-Arkun of Ararat Lodge No. 1, has been reporting on the crisis, not only as it affects the Armenian-American community here in Boston or the United States, but around the world, including Armenia. As assistant editor of the Armenian Mirror Spectator and executive director of the Takeyan Cultural Association of the United States and Canada, he and his colleagues are putting out a weekly print and online edition of the paper, even with the office closed.
1: Well, the first thing that we had to do was to uh, shut down our offices, meaning that uh, we no longer operate as we did before uh, bringing together our staff. We have a, a a designer who does the design of the week, weekly uh, print and PDF edition of the Mirror Spectator, and we have... Um, uh, two editors, Alin Gregorian and myself, and then we have uh, um, Hasmik Sarayan, who's our uh, financial specialist and uh, who handles a lot of our administrative work. So normally we're all together when we work on the paper, and of course we have writers in different parts of the U.S. and the world. But now, uh, in order to comply with this crisis, we um, have to produce everything long distance. We're lucky that our printer newspapers are still cons- are considered an essential uh, business or vital business under these circumstances. So our printer will continue to print the um, the print edition, mm-hmm. and we are continuing to produce uh, the newspaper on a slightly reduced uh, scale. We in the print version we reduced to 16 from 20 pages. But we're doing it uh, again on a weekly basis and we're trying to post stuff also on our website. And in fact, you know, we have many more readers uh, on, on the website throughout the world, not just in the East Coast or the Boston area. But it's a challenge. We did it for the first time last week, uh, doing it remotely. Uh, we already had partially the tools in place, but uh, we had to change a little bit of our protocol or approach and there were some rough spots It took us longer than usual but uh, we managed to do it and we expect to be able to do it better each week as as this approaches however one other big challenge that we have is that uh, the difficulty of getting news and uh, number one obviously there are no community events any longer to cover correct in the United States Canada in fact in most of the world uh, so there's We neither have announcements of upcoming events nor um, reports on events. I myself oftentimes go to events and report on them. Yes, you do. Second, Yes, so um, that's out. (laughs) But luckily, uh, we're able to uh, both give news about what's going on, at least about the coronavirus situation in different parts of the world, by uh, both... uh, ourselves doing reporting last week uh, we reported on what's going on in the boston area and um, we did that or i did that basically by telephone or email contacting various institutions and individuals and luckily we're still able to do that so we give coverage of that this coming week i'm working on some materials dealing with the situation in glendale in california I'm um, doing it in the same way, talking to some officials as well as uh, doctors and other people, and of course we also get information from different parts of the world. We'll have some reports about what's going on in the Armenian communities in Great Britain and and what's and for Armenia's case i also spoke with the ambassador of armenia to the u.s and we ha- i had an interview with them in the last week and we're going to get updates on what's going on obviously coronavirus is spreading no country is an exception and unfortunately it seems to be very recently be taking a increased velocity of uh spread in armenia as well so that's something that is going to may require assistance our community um, is starting to organize to um, to assist each other. That's happening already on a local level where our individual institutions are uh, helping shut-ins and uh, I was pleased that many of our church groups are involved in this and many of our other um, health and, and volunteer groups are. And presumably, hopefully, it'll be done on a more organized basis. I know that there were some meetings that or being held uh, between the the leadership of various organizations and the embassy and the diocese and medical groups and I'm hoping that, you know, that will continue. Other communities in Europe have like in Great Britain, they formed a council of representatives of all organizations. And hopefully we'll also be able to help people here as it gets worse it's no doubt we're going to run into problems and hopefully our community will come together as it, as it uh, always does to help those who are in a more difficult uh, circumstances and to help armenia if armenia if we're in a position to do it we should help armenia whether it's you know sending supplies that they need ventilators respirators or or financial aid or however it is that we can help and we're going to Convey that information of what people can do as soon as we uh, get any uh, new decisions that have been taken. I know that fundraising is already taking place. So basically, in, in short, we ourselves have a difficulty that we're trying to overcome of how to produce, technically speaking, the newspaper. Secondly, how to get more materials. We're constrained. We ourselves, you know, have somewhat less access to things, but we're still. Our lines of communication are open electronically, and we'll do our best. And we're always interested in hearing from readers, and uh, whether it's Aspets or any uh, members of our community, we want to try to uh, serve in a way that link people together. We've also suggested if people want to offer uh, services to other Armenians, or if people need services, we can put uh, space for that for free. Uh, non-profit thing uh, on our website and even in the print edition uh, we announced that uh, this week and so far we haven't received any takers but uh, if there are any we will certainly do that.
0: I know that you in your career as a journalist uh, have had a chance to witness some pretty extraordinary things and talk to you've talked to some extraordinary people and you've seen a lot of incredible events but uh Can you you honestly say, though, that you've never seen anything like this uh, or reported on anything quite like this and the impact that it has had?
1: It is a a surprising turn of events. It's obviously, it's not the same as a world war, but it certainly is affecting all of us in different ways that we'd never expected. And we still don't know where it's going. And I mean, we have no idea. We're all guessing and we're hoping that it will be uh restrict we're hoping that uh, the most uh pessimistic estimates will not be borne out but uh but the way it looks when we see what's going on in countries that are that have gone ahead of us in this process it's not a it's not a good picture it's going to be difficult times for all of us and it's affecting us in in ways that uh, go beyond the immediate illness it's affecting all aspects of our lives who would imagine living in an advanced country like the united states or even in armenia that that we would be cooped up in our homes for the most part many people immediately uh, unemployed we all probably know People like that who are in difficult mm. straits and uh, we do. worried, yeah, and worried about going out to do the simplest things, shopping. I can't see my ninety-five-year-old mother who's in an uh, assisted living home. I can only talk to her, uh, or if they, if someone helps, uh, see her through Skype or video conferencing. So um,
0: it's pretty extraordinary the way, even through all of this we are still able to come together if only electronically
1: yes so far this is a uh, the positive aspect of it is that we have more tools at our disposal both in terms of information and in terms of uh, doing work I mean this working at home thing had you know is has been a possibility for many of us for a while but many companies had only partially implemented it, and now at least we have many of the tools in place in certain professions to be able to carry it out but again um those are the positive things but as uh, it's been reported in many uh media outlets it's sort of a class thing where uh, those of us who are fortunate to be in sort of white collar or Um, types of professions are in a better position, whereas there are the people who have to be at the front lines delivering food, uh, serving, uh, working as as clerks at groceries or working at um, gas stations or as well as the medical professionals uh, or people in transportation <laughs> industries all these people are are subject to great risk and they have no no choice about it so it's a and they have and there's really you know the ways we have for protection are you know the, we're told to do various things number one that we don't have all the proper equipment or uh, paraphernalia for that but number two even if you do there's no guarantee of it so those are frightening things and the fact that this disease could strike uh, depending on you know what age group you're even if you're in any age group there's a certain percentage that are not going to survive this Uh, and uh, especially if you're in the older segment of the population the odds are really against you so that's sort of a it's sort of like a lottery or gamble striking fear into Uh, many people and in our community too i think that's something that uh is is a a difficulty and so we have to try hopefully we can try in some ways using these ways of technology to do what we can without physically sometimes getting together to help those of us who are going to be probably soon in, in difficult straits so that's what i hope i hope that we'll be able to rise to the occasion do our best it's probably not going to be till next year that we have a vaccine so we're gonna <laughs> we have to deal with this for at least a few months and more likely uh half a year or so in one for or a year even in one form or another it seems
0: again my thanks to all of our guests for participating in today's podcast thanks as always to mal Barsamian for our theme music lorki lorki from his album one take armenian dance songs I was trying to find a way to end this particular podcast, given the rather heavy subject matter that was discussed, but I think that Avok Didui Alice Kalustyan really said it all in her recent letter to the daughters of Vartan. And I'd like you to hear the last paragraph of that letter as we conclude this episode. We come from a people who suffered untold atrocities and prevailed. We are strong. We are intelligent. We are capable. We have our faith and trust in God. So, we listen, we do what we need to do to stay well and safe, and we will come out of this together, stronger and ready to go forward and continue our commitment to the Knights and Daughters of Vartan. Talking Vartan, the Knights and Daughters of Vartan podcast, is the exclusive property of the Knights and Daughters of Vartan and Asped David Medzorian. Any use of this program without the expressed written permission of both parties is prohibited. I'm Osped David Metzori in Lodge number one, in Boston. Shnoda Galem, Sida Li